In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about eternal hairspray, living the unapologetic vampire lifestyle, killing your maker for Comic-Con tickets, and new vampire tropes in our discussion of The Lost Girls by Sonia Hartle. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss The Lost Girls by Sonia Hartle. Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Yay! Yay! Ah, it's another fun vampire book. It's Vampire Book Club time! Vampire Book Club! Whoop, whoop! Love it. Although... Technically, if you're listening to this episode on release day, Vampire Book Club was yesterday. <gasps> because that's how time works. Time. I don't understand time. Well, when you've been undead for 30 years, you won't. Right. Time is inconsequential to an immortal. No. I should probably contextualize that. We're dressed up again, people. We are. We are. But you know what else, Claire? Mm. I'm just going to say it in case you're listening to this on release day. We always share our Vampire Book Club videos before the episode comes out so people can join in on Vampire Book Club. So if you're missing out this time, you can join us next month or the end of... I don't know what today is in future tense. You can join us but for our next what? Vampire Book Club. <laughs> but next month is July. And July is a very special number when it comes to the podcast. Yes, July so is very important. So things are probably going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. But we might do something a little special. Oh, yeah, I. you know... It's going to be weird. Let's just say that. It's going to be weird because I'm going to be on vacation for part of it. So everything, yeah. we're going to be recording at bonkers times and nothing is going to make sense. But don't worry, everyone will still have an episode to listen to every Wednesday and it'll be fine. But it will be brain breaking for us. But it's fine. It will. No one will know. Episodes to listen to, and at least one episode to watch. Yes. Because that's how it always goes. Yeah. But also in July, we're hitting the 250 episode mark. Exactly. That's why I'm saying there's a special number in July. There is a special number in July. You know, we like to celebrate... We do, but also that's like vacation week, so it's going to be weird. So we might have to celebrate maybe a little bit after episode 250, but it's going to be yeah. a celebration. It doesn't matter, and it's going to be fun, but also it's going to be a secret. I know something you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something I don't know or something they don't know? They don't know. We know. I was about to say, we, I we, know. 
you know, know what is going I on. know. We've had planning sessions. We have. Multiple planning have. sessions. So much goes into making this podcast that no one even realizes. <sighs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about right now. No. We're talking about The Lost Girls by Sonia Hardall. Which yeah. also, surprise everyone, she's going to be joining us later for Would You Rather, and we weren't planning that one. That one no. was a surprise for everyone involved. I like those kind of surprises. Me so too. Me too. So that means we're also going to have a bonus episode. So that probably means that we should just get started with the regular part of this episode. Oh my god, we're waffling about. I know. Speaking of waffles, Waffle House, hit us up for sponsors. Yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> I feel like it's been too long since I've said that. Yeah, I think you're right. Anywho, do we have background information for this one? Yes, we do. <laughs> There's not much to it this time, but the question from We Need Diverse Books at diversebooks.org is out of all the fantasy creatures, why vampires? Right, can I just stop you right there? And say all vampires all the time? That's why. All vampires all the time. And that's a dumb, that's no dumb question. That's a dumb question. Yeah. Why vampires? Because vampires. Because vampires. But Sonia's response is, Growing up, I always thought vampires seemed so glamorous and sexy and mysterious. And I thought it would be fun to explore what it would feel like to be a vampire teen for all eternity. The complications and day-to-day struggles and how it wouldn't actually be all that glamorous. Oh, Because your hairspray lasts for eternity. <laughs> More on that eternal, later. Eternal hairspray. Eternal, eternal hairspray. God, it's fantastic. Ooh, can I also say why we're talking about vampires? When are we not talking Happy about vampires? Dracula Day. On day of recording, it is. It's Dracula Day. Dracula Day. You're right. And I love that we're doing our vampire book club recording on Dracula Day. It's amazing. And I love it. Yes. Okay. Speaking of Dracula. Yes. Another segue. Speaking of Dracula and Gary Oldman's Dracula in particular, um, as my initial thoughts, I would like to share and request that everyone go and check out author Amy McCaw's YouTube channel because a few weeks ago we were on her show with a couple of other authors talking about this book. So you should go and check that out too. And I said segue with Gary Oldman's Dracula because Gary Oldman's Dracula and Amy McCaw's books, <laughs> Mina and the Undead, go like hand hand. they go hand in hand. They really, really do. So go check out Amy's uh, YouTube channel so you can watch. Yeah. So you can watch those videos, that video. She has around. some very fun videos on there. She really, well. really does. She's delightful. Yes. But again, we're not, we're talking about Lost Girls by Sonia Hartle today. So we need to. But we talked about Lost Girls by Sonia Hartle on that episode. So it's fine. That's true. That's true. We did. It's fine. It we was did. fine. It was for her book club. Yeah. The YA book club 2023 20, 20, yes. on Goodreads. Yes. So hit that up as well. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Have we got everything out that we need to say? I and we can start? Know. We can start the summary? If we start, then we'll, we'll make a note and we'll 
go back. It's fine. <laughs> Holly works at Taco Bell. It's a perfect job for a normal 16-year-old, but Holly is not a normal 16-year-old. She's a perpetually 16-year-old vampire who has turned in 1987 and has permanently crimped hair, a spot on her leg that she missed shaving, and a desire to drink blood right now before she kills her boss. It's a bad idea to drink your co-workers, okay? Don't <laughs> Don't drink your PS don't drink co-workers. <laughs> Holly tells Jimmy she's got cramps and takes off into an alley behind a piano bar where she finds a college bro who drunkenly and a little rapily hits on her. She kindly gives him two seconds to leave, which he drunkenly, and again, a little rapily turns down, so she drains him and tosses his corpse into a dumpster. Good riddance. <laughs> That's responsible. You're getting rid of the packaging. Right. You're cleaning up after yourself. Exactly. However, <laughs> whoa. <-oh. laughs> Two girls who look to be around Holly's age saw what she just did. Uh-oh. Yeah. Luckily, they seem to know everything about her already because guess what? They're also vampires! Oh, hooray! <laughs> Ida and Rose introduce themselves to Holly and tell her they have a lot to talk about, namely that they were also made by Elton, Holly's maker. But that's not possible! <gasps> no way! Elton told Holly she was his first. <gasps> his only love. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Guess what? <laughs> He told Ida and Rose the exact same thing. Oh man, this guy's a dick. They don't need to get into details about all that right now, though. Ida and Rose offer to let Holly stay with them in their apartment instead of the disgusting motel she's been living in. And Holly agrees. Sensible choice. Good idea. Ida and Rose know what it's like to live forever as teenagers, and they know that Holly's life has been pretty sucky. But when you're always 16, you really have no way to get ahead in life. Ida's been dealing with this for more than a century, and Rose for around 75 years, and now Holly for 34. Ida and Rose have spent almost that long trying to figure out how to kill Elton and free themselves from him. Since he turned them and eventually left them, they've been compelled to follow him around. Elton somehow killed his maker, so he doesn't have to follow anyone around and can do whatever he wants. But how did he do that? Killing a vampire isn't like in the movies or books. Traditional staking, sunlight, and body part removal don't seem to have any effect. 100% pure holy water, like blessed by a priest who has never done anything wrong ever, might work. But that doesn't exist. <laughs> does Ida, exist. It doesn't. Ida and Rose might have an idea about how to kill Elton and it might mean losing something important, but they still don't quite have all the details figured out yet. But they are working on it. Okay. In all of Ida and Rose's research, they have learned that Elton always comes back to his hometown whenever he's going to make a new vampire. And, well, that's where they are now. 
He abandoned Holly after about 30 years together just a few months ago without teaching her anything about being a vampire or surviving without him. So she's devastated when she learns about their hometown theory. They decide they're going to go back to their high school to find Elton's new conquest to try to save her. Ugh, high school again. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Ida and Rose take Holly to their old high school to meet Parker, Elton's new girlfriend. They send her off to meet Parker and try to convince her to not be with Elton, which is weird. <laughs> While they go off and search for Elton's cronies, Frankie and Gwen, to get information from them, Holly follows Parker into her literature class and introduces herself. It's super awkward, of course, but they start talking and seem to have an instant connection. Neither of them have, or had, in Holly's case, great home lives, and Holly spends a great deal of time talking about her mother's dating and fathers of her fellow students. Parker commiserates because her mother is also bad, but then it's time for class to start. Things get more awkward when the teacher calls Roll and Holly says her name is Harriet. She, of course, didn't forget her own name, but she decided she needed to make up a fake one because this teacher is the same one she had when she was in school. Mr. Stockard was her favorite teacher, made her love reading, and he respected her. And here she is all over again. It seems he doesn't have the same zest for teaching he did when Holly had him before. When class is over, he asks her to hang back and calls her by her real name. He Mm. knows something is up with her and Elton, who he also recognizes from 30 plus years ago. And even though he doesn't know exactly what's going on, he tells her he wants her to be safe. He has a fantastic memory. He really does. But you know, her crimped hair permanently crimped hair is probably noteworthy it's probably (laughs) memorable she might be retro (laughs) rose checks in on holly later and tells her that ida is still working on getting information from frankie but that they'll meet up later and discuss everything Holly is kind of mad because Ida and Rose really haven't told her much of anything except that they want to kill Elton, but Rose swears she'll tell Holly everything when she knows more. Holly then finds Parker eating lunch under the same tree she used to eat under when she was alive. They connect more, but then start talking about Elton, who then shows up. Guess what? He is an asshole and not a lovable one. But Parker is swoony over him. So that means it's time for Holly to leave. (sighs) Lovable assholes are the only kinds of assholes we need in our lives. Yeah. He's just an asshole. Nice dick. Back at their apartment, Rose and Ida tell Holly their plans for killing Elton and what they learned from Frankie after Ida ripped his arms off repeatedly and beat him with them. (laughs) With the wet end. (laughs) Gross. Killing a vampire involves destroying their heirlooms under a full moon in an important place. Heirlooms are the key to making a vampire. Just biting someone doesn't do anything. A drop of the person's living blood must be placed inside something important to them and kept safe. 
the living blood holds their humanity and everything else important to them from their lives before being turned. Holly freaks out about this a little. Uh, she um, doesn't have her heirloom anymore. Stacy does. Oh. Stacy was Holly's best friend before she got involved with Alton. They spent all their time together since Holly's mom was terrible most of the time. One day, while exploring Stacy's attic, they found a bunch of stuff belonging to the previous owner of the house, Edie Barrett, and made up a life for her. Which is fitting because, as sad, lonely teenage girls, it's hard to imagine a life for yourself. They found lockets among Edie's belongings and decided to never take them off. That remained true until the night Elton turned Holly, and then Holly turned Stacy. <gasps> Stacy had always said that Elton was bad news, but Holly ignored all the red flags. The night he turned Holly at the school, Stacy followed and tried to stake him, but that traditional method of vampire murder doesn't work. He completed the transformation with Holly, putting a drop of her blood into her locket, and then ripped out Stacy's throat. Holly immediately went to her friend to try to save her and repeated the transformation process, but then Stacy ripped off Holly's locket and ran away. Holly hadn't seen her former best friend until coming back to this town a couple months ago. She didn't realize that you had to follow your maker around for eternity. She also didn't realize that the super cool healing abilities vampires have, you know, like immediately regrowing your body parts, doesn't work on pre-mortem wounds. So Stacy's disgusting ripped out throat is still disgusting. No wonder Stacy hates Holly. She invests in a lot of turtlenecks and scarves. So many turtlenecks and scarves. Holly goes to work at Taco Bell for the night shift and Jimmy is a disgusting sleazebag again. But it's even worse this time. Which means he gets Holly's kind offer of two seconds to run before she kills him. He declines and is therefore drained of all his blood. <laughs> oh, now Holly has to find a new job. Damn oh. it! <laughs> Ida shows up after the murder with the head of her fresh kill under her arm. She has some news for Holly and it's not great. Rose has been doing more Elton killing research and learned that when they destroy their heirlooms, they will lose all their living memories, which Frankie failed to tell them despite all the arm ripping and beating. <laughs> that is a steep price to pay for all of them, but they decide they're still going to do it. Maybe there's a way around it? <laughs> As they sit around planning, there's a knock at the door. It's Parker. Holly gave her their address before leaving after Elton showed up, but she didn't actually think that Parker would use it. Well, she did. Parker's shitty mom gave one of her exes the key to their apartment, and he drunkenly came into Parker's room. Oh. Yikes. She left and came to the only other place in town she knows. Notice, listeners, that she did not go to Elton's. <laughs> Parker asks Holly to go to breakfast, which makes Holly swoon. Uh-oh. Does she have a crush on this girl? Yes. Yes, she does. And everyone knows about it. <laughs> Even though she doesn't eat, she agrees to go. 
At the little restaurant, Parker finally starts asking important questions about Holly, Rose, Ida and Elton. She's spurred on by the fact that Holly and their waitress clearly recognise each other. Well, the waitress thinks she knows Holly's mom for her, her own high school days in the 80s. Holly definitely recognises Megan, who was a huge bully when Holly was still alive. Parker also realises that none of them ever eat anything and swears she sees that Holly's finger has just been ripped off by her nervously twitching a string around it and has regrown. (laughs) (laughs) Something vampire-y is clearly going on and Parker wants to know what they're all up to. Holly tells Parker that she just wants to keep her safe while they do what they've got to do, but she doesn't tell her that what they've got to do is murder her boyfriend. (laughs) Before they depart, Parker to school and Holly back to the apartment, Holly tells Parker to be on the lookout for a girl with frizzy hair and a scarf or a turtleneck. (laughs) Parker immediately recognises this description as Stacey as Lilith. The fake vampire who hangs around outside of school with all the goth kids. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Holly's going back to high school again. Damn it. <laughs> Holly tells Ida and Rose about Stacy being close by, and then they fill Holly in on their heirlooms. Rose's heirloom is a set of hair combs that she locked in a bank vault in 1954. They're still there. But Rose has no way of getting them now without breaking into the bank. Fantastic. Ida's may be worse, though. Ida's heirloom is a glass horse made for her by her little sister who died shortly after Ida was turned. As she went to say goodbye to her sister, Ida put her heirloom inside her casket. Great. So, they have to break into a bank and rob a grave. (laughs) Getting Holly's heirloom from Stacy will be super easy compared to getting Ida and Rose's. Will it though? Will it though? (laughs) Should be. Holly, Ida and Rose go to the school and find Stacy wearing a scarf and eating a goth. (laughs) She and Holly trade unpleasantries, and then they convince Stacy to talk to them. Did they decide to go to Stacy's place because she doesn't trust Holly, Rose, and Ida not to try to starve her or hurt her in some way? After being bitchy to each other about shitty boyfriends and murder and vampire rules that no one knew, Holly asks for her heirloom and tells Stacy that they are going to use it to kill Elton and free them all from having to follow him around. Stacy tells them that she threw it away in New Orleans 30 years ago, but Holly doesn't believe that. She knows deep down that Stacy wouldn't get rid of their lockets, but she and Rose and Ida leave anyway. Holly thinks they should let Stacy cool down a little bit and that maybe she'll come around. Holly, Ida and Rose decide they'll give Stacy three days to give up Holly's heirloom, and then, either way, they'll go dig up Ida's sister's corpse. Holly goes to the park to get some fresh air and a snack when she runs into Mr. Stockard. Even though he's not the man she once knew, she decides not to eat him, but does put him in his place about giving up on students when he used to be her favorite teacher. She goes to the park after that encounter, drinks a sleaze bag, then finds Parker drunkenly dancing in the middle of a bad concert. Just as she passes out, Holly catches her and takes her to their apartment. While Parker is passed out, Rose and Ida talk about whether or not they should kill her to save her from Alton. 
They're only half joking because they both know that Holly's got a huge crush on her, which leads to a slightly awkward and maybe a little forced conversation about everyone's sexuality and how it's okay to like-like whomever you choose. After waking up, Parker tells Holly that she got drunk and went to the park because she found out her mum got a new boyfriend. And so, they're moving away. <laughs> oh, yay. She'll be safe from Elton. She's going to be away from her. She's not going, though. She's going to live with Elton. Oh, no. <laughs> that means he's going to tell her soon. Oh, no. Holly tells Ida and Rose that they decide that they have to go to the graveyard to get Ida's heirloom immediately. Oh, my God. They get to the graveyard and dig up Ida's sister's casket, only to come out of the grave to find Elton, Frankie, and Gwen waiting on them. Elton expects them to just give him Ida's heirloom, but no way. They all get into a huge fight involving multiple ripped-off arms and legs and eyeball gouges and decapitation that ends with Holly, Ida, and Rose as victors. They tie Elton to a tree, and after his head grows back, <laughs> he tells them that they're never going to complete their mission because Holly lost her heirloom years ago. But then he wishes them good luck at the bank. It's a great thing that Elton doesn't know that Stacy has Holly's locket. It's an even greater thing that Stacy is waiting for them when they get back to the apartment. Yay! Stacy gives Holly her locket, both of their lockets actually, and says she's in on killing Elton if it means they never have to come back to this town again. They all decide that Elton doesn't know who Stacy is, so she should follow him at school and keep an eye on him, and Holly should stick around Parker to keep her safe, while Ida and Rose will go to the library to keep researching. Holly and Parker end up making out in a classroom after Parker tells Holly she overheard the like-liking conversation. Yay! She also reveals she heard them talking about heirlooms and asked Elton about them, which is why Elton ended up at the cemetery. Ooh, oh no. Parker tells Holly she doesn't want to live with Elton when her mum moves away. Just as they're about to maybe do more than make out, Stacy rushes in the room and tells Holly that Elton recognised her and knows that up to something. So... He sicked Gwen on them. <laughs> Parker gives Holly her address and leaves, pretending to have no idea what's going on if Elton should ask. Holly and Stacy manage to avoid Gwen and get out of the school. Stacy knows that Holly is feeling ways about Parker, but Holly doesn't want to talk about it. It's not like anything had happened between them anyway. Instead of talking about like-liking people, Holly and Stacy reminisce and... Then they realize that they're still best friends, neck flaps notwithstanding. <laughs> What's the neck flap between friends? <sighs> they find Rose and Ida and tell them that it was Parker who told Elton about their research for the heirlooms, not Frankie. So that means that they can trust the info they got from Frankie too, which is good because they haven't been able to find out anything else at all about heirlooms or killing vampires. They go back to their apartment to find it in a shambles, obviously tossed by Elton looking for their heirlooms, and then Stacy invites them back to her place to hide out. Stacy's house is crumbling and derelict, but it's free and there are a bunch of willing-to-be goth kids always hanging around, so it's not so bad. 
Rose and Ina talk about breaking into the bank and Stacy says she might be able to help them get in without the heist by forging fake documents. So while she gets to work on that, Rose and Ida decide they need to go talk to Frankie and Holly decides she needs to find Parker to make sure she's okay. Definitely not to, you know, make out some more with her death. Wait, yes, no, that is exactly the reason. And that is exactly what happens. Unfortunately, they don't get to make out long before Elton comes by. As Holly leaves, she hopes that Parker won't say anything to him about wanting to break up. Oh. After a night of playing board games and reminiscing, Holly thinks it will be a good idea to start writing down everyone's memories in a notebook. If they are successfully able to destroy their heirlooms and Elton, they would still be able to read about their living memories. It isn't exactly the same, but it is nice. Stacy finishes up the forged bank documents, so Rose, Ida, and Holly go there, only to be greeted by Gwen, who is somehow working behind the counter. That's just great. They talk to the bank manager, who won't let them retrieve the safe deposit box because he knows the documents are forged, thanks to Gwen. They go back home, dejected, and tell Stacy, but she's not worried. She has another plan, which involves Frankie. Frankie's plan is to go to the bank and get Rose's heirlooms using the bank codes that Gwen told him. He's infatuated with Ida, so he'll do anything to get into her good graces. Well, that seems to be a great plan. Ida thinks there's something off about it, but really it seems like a good idea. Since they have to wait until after hours for the heist, Holly goes to visit her mother in the nursing home, hoping she'll be able to tell her that she ruined her life before she forgets everything that happened to her before she died. Instead of that, though, after confronting her, Holly's mom apologises for being a not-so-great mom, even though it kind of seems like she wasn't so bad. She tried to give Holly a good life and tried to enjoy herself as well. Holly leaves not feeling much better, but hoping her mom would die peacefully with some sort of closure. After leaving the nursing home... Personal growth. After leaving the nursing home, Holly goes to Rose and Ida's apartment at Rose's request to pick up her heirloom notes. When she gets there, Parker is there with a yearbook from 1987. She confronts Holly about being dead and a vampire, but Holly's like, yeah, you already know that. Parker tells Holly that if they're trying to kill Elton to stop her from becoming a vampire, to just please not do that. But Holly explains that there's more to it than that, but she's trying to keep her safe. They have sex after that? But then Elton and Frankie show up, presumably to search for heirlooms. Holly is able to sneak Parker out the window and grab Rose's notes before she encounters Elton. They fight a little, and he gets really mad when he realizes she's wearing her heirloom. Luckily, she's able to escape before he can steal it from her. Holly, Rose, Ida, and Frankie go to the bank later that night. As they're walking there, Rose asks what's going on with her and Parker, but she doesn't tell them what happened earlier in the day with Parker, with the heirloom and Elton, with her mother, you know, any of it. Rose wants Holly to be safe and smart about Parker, but Holly knows they have no future anyway. When they get to the bank, the alarm goes off and the bank manager arrives. Holly kills him, her first kill minus her two-second warning, which makes her really uncomfortable, but... Is she going to feel bad about killing after she loses her memories? Mm, probably not. Probably not. They are able to get Rose's heirloom with little fuss and escape the bank, Frankie disappearing to meet back up with Elton. When they get back to Stacy's later, Parker comes by. 
She tells Holly that Elton told her everything about becoming a vampire, but she says she doesn't want to be with Elton. She wants to be with Holly. Holly doesn't want this for Parker, this terrible, always a teenager life. She tells her that, but Parker doesn't care. She gives Holly a bracelet that she would have used to make her own heirloom and tells her to burn it when they do the ritual as a symbolic gesture. She wants to spend forever with Holly, but Holly just can't do that to her. She tells her to leave town for a few days, which is good timing because her mom is going to visit her new boyfriend and she can tag along. Everyone is anxious for the next couple of days. It's almost the full moon and almost time for the ritual. No one questions the bracelet that Holly is suddenly wearing, and that's just fine with Holly. She's going to burn it soon anyway, even though it holds no power and won't make any difference. Holly gets worked up thinking about Parker, so she decides to make sure she really did leave town. The apartment she lives in with her mom is pretty much empty, so she goes to the school. There, she finds Mr Stockard and asks him if Parker has been to class. He shuts Holly down immediately, telling her she can forget whatever she wants with Parker because he won't let her get hurt. It seems like maybe some of his zest for teaching has returned. As Holly leaves the school, content with Mr Stockard and the fact that Parker hasn't been there, she runs into Frankie, who tells them the need to meet up. Frankie tells them that Elton is freaking out since Parker left town and plans on leaving the next day. Oh no, that's not good. They convince Frankie to tell Elton that he heard Parker will be coming back in two days and that they should wait to see. They plan to do the ritual at the school at midnight and tell Frankie to bring Elton there so they can kill him and be done with everything. They actually plan to do the ritual much earlier than that, but they still don't quite trust Frankie. They spend their last night before the ritual writing down more memories, but worry that, you know, they can read them whenever, but they're not going to mean anything to them after their heirlooms are gone. They go to the school parking lot and set up a cauldron to burn their heirlooms. Ida goes first, dropping in her glass horse, followed by Rose, who adds her grandmother's hair combs, and finally Holly, who tosses in her locket and Parker's bracelet. As the heirlooms burn, each girl relives her memories for the last time as they disappear. They talk about how they know they are missing memories, but also that they don't really care. Now they just have to wait until Frankie brings Elton, which isn't long at all because they show up way earlier than planned. And they have Parker. Oh, damn it. And she's a vampire now. Damn it. <laughs> they did all of that for nothing. Ah, oh, fuck. Now Elton, Frankie, Gwen and Parker plan to bury Holly, Ida, Rose and Stacy, and let them starve. For eternity. Oh, God. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) Well, they can't give up without a fight. The brawl is intense. Body parts go flying. They yell at Frankie for screwing them over because it turns out they could have done the ritual at any time. But now it doesn't even matter because they don't have the earrings Parker used for her heirloom, so they can't kill Elton anyway. Oh well, they still fight. Holly and Elton face off, and he's very shitty to her about the fact that she's very obviously in love with Parker. She scratches his face, and it doesn't heal. (gasps) What? Wait, the ritual worked? 
Yes, Parker made her bracelet that she gave to Holly to burn into an heirloom before giving it to her. Parker wanted Holly to turn her that last night they were together, but she didn't. But she still burned the bracelet anyway. Holly rips out Elton's heart, and he dies. Holly looks up and smiles at Parker, but Parker has no memories other than what she's made today. (gasps) Frankie and Gwen come upon Holly and Parker then. Gwen furious at them killing Elton and confused at how they did it, thinking that Elton had buried Parker's heirloom. Holly tells her she figured out another way to kill vampires, which Gwen doesn't believe. And Frankie convinces her it might be true, and then they just leave. Parker pulls a note from her pocket that she wrote to herself, telling her not to trust Elton, but to trust Holly, and that she did everything she did for her. That is huge for Holly, but it really doesn't mean anything to Parker at all. Oh, damn. Together, they dig up Ida, Rose and Stacey, who spent a harrowing few moments thinking they'd be buried for eternity. They decide not to talk about that. <laughs> We're just not... Just not going to talk about that right now. It's fine. Stacy finds a van, and they all climb in. Parker asks if she can tag along with them wherever they go, because she has and knows no one or nothing else. Of course she can go with them. As they drive away from the town where they all, minus Stacy, fell in love with the same boy and lived and died, Holly realizes that she and Parker will have all the time in the world to get to know each other and maybe love each other again. Oh, what a happy ending. <laughs> oh. Ain't that sweet? No. Should go and burn our our heirlooms and then go and kill our maker while everybody listens to a podcast from us. Yes. Yeah. Emulation. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show um (laughs) i guess now we're back from our break but i don't have any memories of what happened before i burned my heirloom so you don't have any memories of living memories but you remember your vampire that's true and you know what i've probably been a vampire for a long time Probably the entirety of fictional hangover. So never mind. Forget what I said. <laughs> well, go and buy your crimped hair. You've been a vampire for at least 30 years. Yeah, I have been. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's crimped hair. <laughs> it's not as intense as I was worried that it was going to be. If I'm being honest. <laughs> 
It's very good. I'm worried about open flames with my hair. <laughs> Are you using eternal hairspray? I'm using eternal hairspray. It's 75 years and going. <laughs> Try this. Eternal hairspray. <laughs> By vampire. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> okay. So there's something about this book that I really, really like. And I want to talk about it, but it wasn't mentioned in the summary at all. I have a feeling I know exactly what you're going to talk yeah. about because it's one of my favorite things too. Yes, but it had absolutely zero bearing on the summary whatsoever. It has nothing yeah. to do with anything. But oh my it's god. It's delightful. <laughs> Ida makes body part art throughout the book like she starts like she just shows up they're having a conversation about like oh what are we gonna do how are we gonna kill elton whatever and she just walks up with this hand and she like bends the fingers down and like rams it on their back deck and turns it into a bird feeder and they're just like fat okay and this is this is holly's first encounter with the body part art and she's like you couldn't just get a birdhouse and she's like no i like this (laughs) (laughs) but then later she's carrying that head around which she carves the brain out of later and makes a brain a lantern (laughs) it's just it's it's one of my favorite quotes that i have saved for later but she's like yeah and i made a brain lantern you know to put out in case we get any trick-or-treaters what? let's not neglect the leg lamp as well yes well the she's leg lamp comes after yes she's just nonchalantly crafting this leg lamp with the terrible tassels <laughs> yes she's like they're like going to get supplies or something for burning their heirlooms or whatever and she's like okay well when you go to the store will you get me some french and they're like uh yeah i guess and then she's just like shellacking this leg over in the corner and putting fishnets on it and she's like hey can i borrow one of your shoes <laughs> okay it's honestly one of my favorite things about the book and it had nothing to do it's with anything and it was amazing plot. It, I mean it's pure character development <laughs> in the first time with that hand you kind of have to like if you listen to the audiobook you have to re-listen to it Yeah. No. did I just hear that right yeah yeah I did wow I love this lady <laughs> so fantastic yeah Oh, dear me. Yeah, I I, I adore Ida and her body part art. Yes, it's so good. It's a good creative outlet. And you've got bits lying around, so why not use so them? So why not? If you need an extra arm, you could just rip your own off. It'll grow back. Yeah, except, which I had to go back and research this because I was really curious about, you know, that time that they kept ripping Frankie's arms off and beating him with him and just ripping his arms off over and over and over again. I I was thinking, like, is there just a pile of arms now? Just, just a pile of arms stacking up? 
And like, what if you rip off someone's head? Does it? You can just like put it on a pedestal and they'll talk to you forever. No, they turn to ash. Yeah, they turn to ash. I had I had to go back and double check that because I was just thinking like, is there a pile of arms somewhere? No, they turn to ash, so it's fine. Well, because you have to use your pile of arms somewhere. You have to use your human victims' arms uh, as bird feeders and legs as lamps. <laughs> Speaking of human victims, what I really enjoyed was that they blatantly murder everybody they eat. Yes, but there's no like moral questioning about it. It's just food. Yeah. Except potentially with Holly, who gives all her victims a two-second rule, like two seconds to run away or not. Yeah. Which is okay, if that's the way you want to do it. But like, I'm going out for a snack. You're going to go and eat a jogger or something. And it's just, there's there's no... no... (sighs) Don't pussyfoot about it. No, and I love it. I really enjoy that. Yeah. I mean... Ida has been a vampire since the beginning of the 1900s, so she's used to it by now. And then Rose was turned in the 1950s, yeah. which I love that because she always has a rockabilly style. <laughs> like She's always wearing like beautiful fluffed out skirts with like polka dots and stuff. And she's always like tidying and like cleaning up the house like a 50s housewife would do. And I love that. But, you know, they're just... They're just used to it now. And they just live unapologetically as vampires, which I appreciate. Yes. Yes, I completely agree. Unapologetic vampires is... Yeah. Unapologetic vampire is a... That's a good thing. Does that need to be a shirt? (laughs) Potentially. I'm trying to think how it would be. But yeah, I'd be an unapologetic vampire. Yeah, same. Living the unapologetic vampire lifestyle. Yes, same. I like that Rose just ties people up in their spare bedroom. And you can hear them sometimes like, hey, I think she's going to do something bad to me. Help me. And she just like goes back and chloroforms them and comes out into the living room again. Sometimes she needs a late night snack. And you can't expect a lady to leave the house so late. No, it's inappropriate for a lady from the 1950s to leave her home without her husband's permission. (laughs) Stacey's is a bit more icky I love Stacey though Stacey is brilliant and I love Stacey to bits I would like more of Stacey to have been in the book yes but like I I really appreciate her emo vampire goth queen Oh my god, yes. Going on. She calls herself Lilith and uses like a fake accent and they're like kissing her hand and stuff whenever she walks by. You know what though, if you're doing that, if you're in her quote unquote thrall or her coven or whatever, if you're living in her house and you're bending the knee to Stacey slash Lilith, you deserve everything you get. You really do. You really, really do. Uh, I love, speaking of Stacy. I love her disgusting neck flap. Yes. And that when Ida and Rose meet her for the first time and, like, she and Holly are getting into an argument about her neck flap and she, like, pulls her scarf away and Ida is immediately like, 
Can I touch it? <laughs> no, you can't touch my neck flap, you freak. Get out of here. And she's just like, oh, but I love it. I love your neck flap. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> oh, I, really I didn't know it was body art. She does know body art. <laughs> Would you like my alternative ending? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Okay. So it's a very happy ending of a sort. It yeah, really okay. is. Yeah. I mean, they don't have their living memories, and Parker has to essentially refall in love with Holly. But, you know, it's a happy ending. They drive away, they go on the road trip to wherever. Yeah. And you know, wait, can I just say before you explain? Mm. They fell in love super fast. So yeah. surely they can fall in love super fast again. Well, exactly. But we don't know what kind of, we don't know who Parker's going to be. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming not an asshole. Probably I not think, an asshole. I, th- I think if you're an asshole in life, you're an asshole in undeath. Yeah, and she seemed pretty dorky she seemed like a nice and girl. fine. Yeah, she seemed nice. Okay, so <laughs> my not-so-happy ending is that Stacey turns on Holly. Oh, I so wish that would have happened. I, I wish that same thing. Like, when she finds out about the heirlooms and she's like, oh, that's what I need? So, that's what I need exactly. to get rid she of you? She cooperates to get her own means. So as the fire's burning and all the other heirlooms get thrown in, Stacey throws in her heirloom as well. Yeah. And Holly's throat kind of gets ripped out. Oops. Yeah, oh, Oopsie. I would have loved that. And then she goes off with Gwen, because I loved Gwen, too. And she's super, like, hyper-violent, except she's not in the book very much. So then Stacy and Gwen can run off together. Yeah, they're just she goes to live her best vampire queen life at that yeah. point. Yeah. Ida and Rose can take in Parker if they so desire sure. to have a baby vamp. Yeah. But yeah, my alternative ending is that Stacey turns on Holly. Yeah, I was really hoping that that would have happened because when you first meet Stacey, she's like, oh my God, I hate you. You know? It would yeah. it would have been really perfect for her to turn. That's it. I mean, they haven't spoken for over 30 years. Yeah. And... Holly turned her into vampire and now she's living with this according to Ida, very attractive neck flap. But she Holly resents Elton for Elton not teaching her how to be a vampire or how to survive. Yeah. She's done exactly the same thing to Stacey. Yeah, but also she didn't know for thirty years that like she had to follow Elton around. You know, because she was still in love with him for that long. And she thought they were going to be together forever. So she willingly followed him wherever they went. But then when he, like, left her at the side of the road in a gas station and she's like, oh, I got to follow him. I don't know what to do. Like, well, then she realizes. So she re- she's really only known about this for, like, three months. Yeah, the following aspect. But she knows she did Stacey dirty. Yeah, of course. For 30 years. Yeah. But see, she thought that Stacey could just go off and do whatever she wanted. So it's not, I mean, it's terrible, but it's not 
She's a bad friend. Um, she is, let, yeah. Can we not what? defend the fact? Can we not defend Holly for being a shitty friend? Oh, yeah. She's a terrible friend. She I mean, 100% is a terrible friend. I can understand, like, her trying to save Stacy from Elton's murdering of her. Yeah. But like, by turning into a vampire in the only way that she knows how because it literally happened to her five minutes beforehand. But at the same time, she's been a shitty friend to us since yeah. meeting Elton. Yeah, she should have okay, listened to her. Kind of thrawliness to, for Elton. But Holly's bi, so it's not as if it was, you know, she was under hypnosis or anything. Yeah. She genuinely liked Elton. And it's been 30 years and you've not even had any inkling or desire to reach out to your supposed best friend for yeah. 30 years. I'm sorry, I don't buy that shit. Holly is certainly not my favourite character. And no, definitely not. I would have appreciated Stacey making her make a burn. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That's how I would have liked but then you know we don't necessarily need happy endings no and we always say that too you don't need a happy ending like can't it just end shittily yeah i mean don't get me wrong it was delightful the way that it ended and i really like it and it's not gonna be easy but that's that's kind of where i would have gone yeah but you know what now stacy knows what to do so yeah. if she just ever gets fed up and she needs to be like, peace, and set her necklace on fire and, you know. <laughs> Stacey's like, Holly, I really want to go to Comic-Con. Can we please go to San Diego so I can go to Comic-Con? And Holly's like, no, we're going to Canada. We're going to go to the Rockies. We're going to go for, you know, a nice scenic train ride. We're not going to San Diego. And she's like... But I've got tickets for Comic-Con. I've got my cosplay all sorted. I'm going to go to the whole hitch and I'm going to see the main events. And she's like, no! Like, okay, fine. I'm going to kill you. So she kills her. I would be fine with that. So she can go to Comic-Con. That's a perfectly good reason for killing someone. Because those tickets cannot be cheap. No, they're really hard to get. Exactly. They're really If you've really got Comic Con tickets, you are going you would you, kill your maker yeah. for Comic Con tickets. Yeah. Yeah, you would. And you should. <laughs> what did you think of the change with the vampire tropes? And talk about murdering our makers. It's the heirlooms. The heirlooms I thought was a really cool bit of new vampire lore. Um I really loved that you could constantly rip off body parts and beat people with them. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. And the heirlooms were, I feel like that was a very unique thing. And I haven't really seen anything like that before. So that was really refreshing because, you know, vampire stories have been around for forever. And it's kind of hard to get anything new with them. Mm. So this was fun. The yeah, heirlooms I were agree. really fun. I agree. I like the fact that they could go into daylight as well. Mm, yeah. They just choose not to. Yeah. Because who wants to be mingling with the food? Yeah. You don't go to a field. And to hang, hang out with cows. Hang out with cows or play with the wheat. Yeah. You don't You do not do that. No, so you, don't, I, you don't play with the wheat. Wheat. 
Um, I like the fact that they're anti-social vampires. Yes. Uh, it's relatable. <laughs> but can uh, we also point out as well, Dracula could go out in the daylight, okay? He was yes. weaker, but he could go out in the daylight. Yeah, and he still he, has those powers. And he could also turn into a wolf, and he could turn into a bat, and he could turn mist. into mist, and he can say, see me, and wear really hot purple sunglasses and a top hat and be very handsome. <laughs> I just started describing Gary Oldman's Dracula again. I'm sorry. You did. You did. I- I'm, I'm, I'm letting it go. That's fine. Back to this discussion. Uh, I Back to being antisocial. Back to being unapologi- unapologetically antisocial vampires. I loved that... They're, you know, 16, 17. Uh, Parker's 18 now, so it's fine. But I love that they're still, like, kids. And they don't just have a million dollars and can do whatever they want and, you know, get in their car and drive away. Like, no, they're still kids. No one treats them like adults. So, like, (laughs) Holly works at Taco Bell because she can't get a real job because she doesn't have a high school degree. Like, she can't do anything. So she works fast food. And they have to get the bus And they have to take the bus. And I love that they take the bus everywhere and that people are... This is a whole thing with the storyline, too. Like, people are... Normal people, in quotes, are... You know, they're appalled by them. They don't want to be near the vampires. They can just feel, you know, like they feel creepy around them. So they have mm. to get away. And like Ida just likes to take the bus sometimes just to bother people. <laughs> but then at at the same time with with that whole rationale, it's kind of sad because the the people that are drawn to them are like they're loners they don't have anyone else like you know they they don't have any value in their life and they don't feel like they're worth anything so they are more attracted to them and interested in them rather than (laughs) disgusted by them so it's kind of sad at the same time but yeah i still like it I, I I still appreciate it. Yes. They, they have to work shitty jobs at Taco Bell or commit identity fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's realistic thinking about it. Yeah. What are you going to do if you're perpetually 16 with constantly crimped hair with eternal hairspray? You don't have an investment portfolio no you you might not even have a bank account and you can't make one because you don't have an id like there's so many so many little things that you don't quite realize when you're thinking about how glamorous it would be to be a vampire but it's very hard to be a modern vampire because a lot of the time the vampires you read about or like in movies and stuff like the more romanticized vampires ones who are 200 years old plus and they're suave and sophisticated and have all this money but it's because the old is dirt and when they could start doing all these investments there was no such thing as driver's license and social security numbers. <laughs> <No>. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And they also have the disadvantage of not having that thrall kind of hypnotic gaze that some... Thinking about it, it's a little bit of a cop-out. Like, it just makes a vampire's life so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. You are under my power. You shall give me your blood and your money. You shall give me all of your money. It's fine. You shall open the credit card in my name and never check the statement. Blah. Blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt sorry for Mr. Stockard. Can I point out as well the teacher? Yes. Like, he's been a teacher for 30 some years, and when he was in the te- being a teacher in the 80s, and he was full of zest and vigour and life. I can understand it was probably actually an easier time to be a teacher because, mm. you know, it's hard. Times have changed. It Times have very much changed. It's draining and Holly has no freaking idea. So when she gave him shit about not being an inspiration, I felt really sorry for him because teachers aren't paid enough. Teachers aren't respected and this should be. And she's given him crap. And it's like, love, you don't know what he's done or had to be put up through put up with yeah. in the thirty some years. You've been living off somebody else. Yeah. I do appreciate though, at the same time with that discussion, that she was able to tell him that because, you know, at the same time while saying, Wow, you're kind of shitty now aren't you she was able to tell him that like you were my favorite teacher like you you were the reason why i love books and i like i really respected you and you know now like people are falling asleep in your class and it's it kind of sucks so while yeah everything is shitty in the world now um i do still appreciate though that she was able to tell him that and it kind of made him you know it it made him want to protect parker yeah because he knew I something was going on this feedback and this way to give it you know yeah. it's constructive criticism rather than telling him off yeah but at least she didn't eat him exactly he should be grateful for that. He should be. He really, really should be. <laughs> so who was your favourite character then? Do I need to ask that? Honestly, probably everyone but Holly. <laughs> Is that wrong to say that? Um, I didn't like Elton. He was an absolute dick. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like Elton either. Um, Frankie was a bit weird. Yeah. Oh, sycophantic with Ida. Yeah. So I mean, he's not on my list. Yeah. I loved, adored Ida and Rose. Yeah, definitely. Ida and Rose. Their were... dynamic was yeah. perfect. I also really liked Stacy. However, I would yes. have liked Stacy more if she had, you know, gone villain and yeah, murdered Holly. That would have been fantastic. Yes. And I probably, like I said earlier, I probably would have loved Gwen because they mentioned like how scary and terrifying Gwen is but she just wasn't in it enough yeah the my only reluctance with Gwen is, Gwen is she seemed like an asshole not a lovable asshole as well. yeah yeah but you know maybe if we got to know her a little bit better we would realize that she is a lovable asshole and everything would have been fine but we don't know but we don't know no we don't 
We don't. And as it stands, this is a, a standalone book, which, oh, yeah. I appreciate that oh, so yeah. much. Oh, yeah. Love a good standalone. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's refreshing to have a standalone. It is. It really, really is. Um, <laughs> were you surprised by anything? Um, I don't feel like I was overly surprised by much. If I have to be pushed, it's like the final battle didn't go on as long as I expected it to. Or it was kind of like it seemed really quick. I agree. But fights are quick, you know. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. not prolonged. They don't go on for hours and hours and hours. But it seemed to be really quick. <laughs> yeah, it seemed to be over very, very quickly. Like I feel like once. Once you realize, Elton, that you can get hurt, you should fight back as hard as you can. But it's like he got scratched in the face and he's like, oh, shit. And then she just rips his heart out. And that's the end. (laughs) I feel like he probably should have fought harder. Or you know what? Maybe he's just like, shrug. I give up. I think... That bit is more a visual medium end to a fight than a book. I might not be explaining myself very well, but to see somebody be scratched, for them to have that shock and horror on the face, mm-hmm. to see it, mm-hmm. and then to see Holly smirk, and then just reach into his chest and pull it out and have this bloody heart in her hand as it turns to ash. I think visually, if I was to see it as like a TV or a movie th- production, I think it would, for me, have a, a bigger uh, oomph to yeah. it yeah. than reading it. And I don't want yeah. to do it as a disservice because I did actually right. quite yeah. enjoy I did enjoy it. Yeah, of course. It was over very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And the I feel like the fight scenes were... They were a lot of fun, you know. Again, I would just parts yes, just go back to talking about ripping off arms over and over and over again, and like you get your head ripped off, and then your body's wandering around for a few minutes while your head grows back. Like, uh, I think it's it's really it's a lot of fun, but and the and the fight scenes were really well written, but yeah, the last one was a little bit a little bit too quick for me. I should have yeah should have lasted quite a bit longer i would have been i would have enjoyed having more body parts ripped off yes i agree yeah was there anything else that was a surprise for you oh i liked parker's trick i liked parker's trick that she turned that bracelet you know, she's like, oh, this is what I would have used for my heirloom. And, she's, and Holly's like, no, I'm not going to turn you into a vampire. And she's like, well, burn it anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, I don't want to say that it was a surprise because, yep. like, you know, you're expecting, you're expecting it to happen. Yeah. But, but I did like it quite a bit. I liked yeah. her trick. And especially because Elton was so smug about it. Like, he shows up at this final battle and he's got Vampire Parker with him. And he's like, oh, yeah. 
Too bad you just burned all that stuff and I have her earrings that she used and I hid them and like, then she scratches him and rips his heart out and like, oh shit, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really, I I enjoyed that. Enjoyed that little twist. I agree. Was completely 100% expecting it, but I still appreciated it. However, I wouldn't have expected Stacey's twist quite so much. No. God, I would have loved that. I would have loved that twist. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Claire. Yes. Is it time? It's time. It's time for Would You Rather. (laughs) We asked on social media this week. I have to interrupt. I have to interrupt. No. Because you remember what I said at the beginning of the episode? How this one is super special and it was a surprise to everyone, including yes. us. Yes. Right. We're joined by author Sonia Hartle today and it's amazing. Yay. Yay. And we're forcing her to play violent Would You Rather with us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine because it's about vampires and it's Dracula Day. Happy Dracula Day. Yay for Dracula. Yay. Yay. Thanks so much for joining us. We're super happy that you're here because we loved your book. Go back and and listen to the episode and you'll (laughs) you'll feel it. You'll feel the love. (laughs) Nice. Right. Well, there's not a lot of love in this question because we asked on social media would you rather give up your living memories but be able to live wherever you want or keep your living memories but be tethered to an asshole and not a lovable asshole not a lovable asshole Elton is the worst for the first time ever Facebook were in 100% agreement that they're giving up so they can go wherever they want on Instagram, 75% are giving up their living memories. On Twitter, 80% are giving up their living memories. But TikTok, with 57%, are keeping their memories and being tethered to an asshole. I'm really surprised about that. I'm very <laughs> really, worried really for TikTok. <laughs> We're always worried about TikTok. I would expect Twitter because we know that's made of, you know, demons and monsters. Right. It's the glittery cesspool. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm worried about TikTok. I'm worried about TikTok. Oh, we had some good comments, though. Vincent on Facebook said, I'm going to live wherever I want and there's plenty of memories I'd rather forget. Colin on Facebook said, ain't no way you're keeping this independent woman tethered. I've got lots of great memories that I'd hate to lose. But I'm not sure there'd be much comfort tethered to a butt munch. <laughs> butt munch. Butt munch. I like it. That's. I mean, I feel like that's more 90s than 80s, but, you know. Well, it depends when you Holly were would have. Holly probably would have called someone a butt munch. Definitely. If I had to guess. <laughs> Definitely. Bree on Facebook said, fresh start for the win. It would be bittersweet, but better to cut off all the baggage, good and bad. If I'm going to live my best undead life. Yes. And Annie on Facebook said, kick the asshole to the curb and move on. Coral on Facebook said, nope, don't want to be tethered to an asshole. That sounds like a living nightmare. 
And Constance on Facebook said, is it a lovable asshole? I wouldn't mind being tethered to a lovable asshole. If it's a straight up asshole, I will give up my memories in a nanosecond. Sorry, Constance, he's not lovable. Not a lovable asshole, sorry. And Lydia Inked on TikTok said, I can always make more memories. Nice. And that's true. You have eternity to make new memories. Or in Parker's case, you have to make the new memories. Because you never thought to write anything down. And you're still a baby vamp. Yeah, she's a tiny, precious baby vamp. Yeah. All right, Sonia, what are you doing? I mean, I think my answer is pretty obvious just because of the way that I wrote things. But I would definitely give up my memories for going wherever I want. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same. No, no asshole deserves all of you like that. Ugh. No, and Elton's the worst. Oh, he's such a jerk. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> but, he's got a know. pretentious name as well. Elton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I just want to rip his head off. But then it's just going to grow back. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. I bet he, he would, if he was British, he would drink artisan gin. <laughs> and he'd always British. wear a sweater over his button-down shirt with the collar unbuttoned, always. <laughs> and he would always wear shoes without socks and the trousers oh. just an inch too short. Oh, this is a yeah, terrible exactly. description. No, but that's no. that's what that's what that's British Elton. Elton would be like. <laughs> oh, I hate him. Next question: <laughs> Would you rather always have fifties style or eighties style? Oh, that one. I think I would rather have the. 50 style but that's only determined by like what is popular now like i would really love to have like a 50s like pinup style for like ever over like crimped hair no offense to the 80s but <laughs> it's the worst hair era and I, actually, with a spoon. <laughs> I had like in the early 90s i think because like the 80s extended into where I live quite a bit past the 80s and I had the bangs that did the thing that curled up flipped up at the top and the big feathery hair and it was it was pretty tragic a lot of hairspray and so I think I like the like pinup style more we had a really good discussion earlier in the episode about um eternal hairspray <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And you we were trying to work it. out the logistics, weren't we, of permanently crimped hair? <laughs> yes. Oh my so gosh. Yeah. We, I think we're going to have to have fictional hangover vampire Eternals hairspray. I think we are. I think we're going to have to make that. Keep your crimps crimps for 30 years. <laughs> 30 years and beyond. Um, I think as much as I love my crimped hair right now i have to pick 50 style i love rose's like rockabilly look that she's got going on she was precious so i think i have to go for 50 style yeah there is absolutely well no there is only one reason to ever wear 80s style ever again and that's costume 
whether it's cosplay or fancy dress for a party or, you know, hosting a audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, four people watch it. It's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But, yeah, 50s style all the way. I, I love 50s style. It's flattering for my... How did I describe my frame the other week? Snowman-shaped frame? I believe you... 50- Constantly call yourself spherical. I'm spherical, yeah. <laughs> it's very flattering for my frame. So you can do the pencil. But yeah, the 50 style. Do you know who I'm thinking of? Um, audiobook narrator, uh, producer, um, Elise Green. Elise Green? Oh, she's got the best style. Yeah. Check out her Instagram. Her, She she gets a lot of retro clothes and 50 style. And yeah, she does. Wow. Mwah, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I can only be envious. Yeah, I know. What's our next question? Oh, would you rather participate in a bank heist or a grave robbery? Oh, I have to go with bank heist. I do not want to get into anybody's <laughs> grave at all. I'm digging up a grave. Everyone knows I'm going to answer that way. Digging up a grave. I apparently have family history of grave robbery (laughs) that's fantastic it's unverified but who am i to book tradition (laughs) are you gonna join me and dig up a corpse hells yeah (laughs) (laughs) fantastic and then we're gonna chain someone to a tree and rip their head off and then beat them with their own arms as long as I can beat them with the wet end, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the spookier the the graveyard or the kirkyard, the better. Oh yeah, definitely. It can't be a fresh new grave. It's got to, no. you know, got to be back no. in the in the back. Nobody cares about those graves anymore. Yeah, there's a, that's what we're there's going a graveyard for. in London that I've always wanted to go to called Highgate. There used to be, there's a oh, I think I was telling about you about this the other week. Um, there's a there was a rumor of the Highgate Cemetery vampire back in oh. like this, can't remember it's like probably the seventies to be fair, but it's all linked to witchcraft and stuff. But it's just a silly thing. But yeah, Highgate Cemetery is supposed to be quite cool. It's old, really old. I love walking around cemeteries. The first one's interesting. Okay, next question. Would you rather have your arm, leg, or head ripped off? Um, I'm going to go with leg on that one. Do you have a preference between right or left? (laughs) Both at the same time. (laughs) Oh, terrible. Why do you pick your leg? I think well, just because I use my arms to write and I need my head. And <laughs> uh, I think, like, I know they grow back, but still, just on the off chance that they don't, I can go without my leg more readily than I can anything else. Mm. Mm, interesting. I'm quite disturbed at the idea of having a head ripped off, but it grows back. Yeah, I, do, I, I love it. I, I can't figure that the science out in my head. I mean, obviously, there's very little science to do with it. 
I feel like how it's does the... your hair still stay crimped? Magic. If it's growing back. Eternal hairspray. We've already <laughs> had this discussion, Claire. It's eternal hairspray. It just intrigues me. Like, is this some kind of weird muscle memory built into your hair follicles? <laughs> Claire, you're a vampire. <laughs> it's not real. It is. You <laughs> are <in> my reality. <laughs> I just imagine, and you know, Sonia, I'm probably wrong, so you feel free to, you know, say, oh my god, Amanda, why are you so stupid? Um, I just feel like it's the biggest part that's that's left over, and then everything's just going to pop back from that. So that way you can have your head thrown, you know, ripped off and, and thrown away, but, you know, you got a big chunk left over here. How wrong am I? Wrong? No, right. it comes back pretty fast. Okay. 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 Um, what if you got chopped in half and it was fairly even? Would like the top half sprout the legs and the legs would sprout the top half and there's two of you? And then you just fight each other. And then you can fight each other because <laughs> one is obviously the evil doppelganger at this point. It depends on what side it's ripped on. So if you're ripped from the bottom down, then bottom would grow into your top half oh. oh that makes so much sense if we write this down it's science it is science <laughs> um i i think i'm gonna go with an arm i think i'm gonna have an arm ripped off um mostly just for the scene with <laughs> ida and frankie where she ties him up to the toilet paper rack and just keeps ripping his arms off and then she's like shrug they're gonna grow back i don't know i just really like that scene so i'm gonna if ida rips off my arms you know what? ida can do whatever ida can do whatever she wants with me i'll, I'll just willingly participate <laughs> i love ida. ida has the freedom to rip your personage to pieces i like it i like it she does. i'm gonna lose a leg funny. Because I'm hoping when it grows back, my knees will be less creaky. Mm. <laughs> but no, Claire, don't you remember? No. The... Oh, no. That, that's You're going to have a neck flap. You're going to have a neck flap forever. So your knees are always going to suck. Can I have a neck flap for eternity over creaky knees? I would rather have the neck flap than creaky knees. Yeah, we'll we'll grant that. Okay, thank you. As long as I can touch it. Yeah. Can I, can I touch your neck flap? Art. <laughs> no. No, you can't touch it. Oh. <laughs> I love them all so much. <laughs> oh, I love our goth vampire queen, Stacey. Oh, she's the best. What's our last question? It's your favorite what? one. It is. Would you rather... <laughs> Have a hand bird feeder, a brain or lantern, or a leg lamp. I'm going to go with the leg lamp because out of all of Ida's art projects, that one was my favorite. <laughs> that was actually the first project that I came up with for her. And I actually wrote the others in after I had developed her as like an artiste with body parts. But that was the first one I conceived of. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> what are you going to pick, Claire? I'm going with the brain or lantern. I like the Halloween aspect. Halloween's an aesthetic I, I can particularly enjoy. 
I love the Brain Lantern too. I just love all of them. Well, it's, it's not just for October either. It's not just for Spooktober. Spooktober is a 365 days of the year celebration. It's year round. Brain Lantern. Yes. Um, I am gonna go with the hand bird feeder. We, you know, we live in the middle of nowhere now, and we have bird feeders outside, and I enjoy watching the birds. So I need a new, I need a new bird feeder. And it <laughs> needs to be a hand that I've jammed onto something violently. <laughs> I wonder if I could make one. I'm sure I could find a fake hand somewhere. I'm gonna do Wouldn't it. You just do it yourself. With you some, use your own hand. My own hand. And well, no, describe... you'd have to get the, no, the, the polythene and then stick your hand in yeah. to make the mold and then yeah. pour in yeah. the plaster. I'm make... Yeah, I'm, make... I'm making this. It's happening. You it's happening. Then... You, could, you could attach them all to a tree and then you've just got loads of hands on this tree Yes. to make it really creepy. Yep. That's part I of need to do it. Yep, you will have to hang teeth from it as well, but that's that's of a different course. story. Well, that's that's for Cat Ellis. We're just going to yeah. have the creepiest tree in on the lake. That's fine with me. Um, that sounds it sounds like me. It, it it's perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, so much fun talking to authors, especially when it's surprise visits and you just halfway kind of reach out on Instagram when you notice when you. You are live looking at Instagram and you see that they've shared your post or liked your story or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God. Hey, hi. Hi, I see you're interacting with us on social media. Do you want to join us on the podcast? And she's like, yeah. I'm just going to slide into your DMs there. Yeah. I did it. I did it. And I'm oh, glad you did that... a successful slide. I'm glad that she responded. Because we've done that before, and they're like, oh, shit, I don't ever check Instagram. I didn't see your message, and it's like 12 months later. But not this time. It worked out. It worked out. Love it. Perfectly. (laughs) It's amazing. So, anyway, favorite final thought quote. Let's wrap up this episode. Three. Three. Okay. What you got? You'll be able to sit close to people and make them really uncomfortable on purpose. Should be fun for you. I love it. I am the creep. I attract the creeps and the weedos on public transportation. Right. But I have many stories about being in London and being the creep who talks to you on the, the underground, which you don't do. You don't talk to anybody. You do not interact with people on the London underground. Head down, eyes down, keep your mouth shut. But on occasion, when you're bored, I like to be a creep. Don't be a creep. Don't be a bus creep. <laughs> I made friends with a family who were going to the Natural History Museum and they were very excited about the dinosaurs and the boys were like, shut up, ma'am, shut up talking to her. Until I asked them what their fir- third favourite dinosaur was and I won them over and then I took a picture of them in the underground for them. Looking like sardines in a packed tree, and they were very excited that I was able to do that for them. So sometimes it is fun to be the weirdo. It's always fun to be a weirdo, Claire. It is. But sometimes I'm head down, antisocial. Keep away from me. Anywho. Fantastic. Uh, what else do you have? Brain or lantern? Something cute for the kids if we get any trick or treaters this year. So on a brain or lantern. 
because I do get trick or treaters. Yeah, yeah, I want a brand new lantern too. Well, my last one is her only mistake had been thinking vampires were sexy, and really, who hadn't been there? We are, that one's for Vampire Book Club. We are always there. <laughs> yeah. That's for the uh, literary fangbangers. Yes. <laughs> what have you got? Okay. So, I've got a couple. One of them is really long. It's like a whole segment. So, I'm, I'm going to share that one first. And he just told you what you wanted to know. It couldn't be that easy. Yes. The mischievous gleam in her eye was terrifying. I had a feeling that was the last thing many people saw before she made a meal out of them. After I tied him to a toilet paper rack in a storage closet and ripped off his arms. I choked and beat on my chest to clear my lungs. You ripped off his arms? They'll grow back, Ida shrugged. Like she just went around ripping off arms every day and this was just business as usual. Because she did, and it is. Yes. I love Ida. Okay. So here's another one. Not as long. More sentimental. Books had always been my bright spot away from the dark. Yes. Oh, books. Mm, Reading. You know where you can get books from? (gasps) libraries go to your local library and tell a librarian how wonderful they are please do and then check out some books please please do that okay finally my last one is ida's messing with you she's old and being an asshole is the only thing that brings her joy oh wow that's so relatable i know (laughs) i love it so much love it i love it okay if you liked this try this what on earth are you going to suggest we're running out of vampire things to, to suggest to not if it's an anthology it's true <laughs> because and you have lots and lots and lots of stories we could do vampire book club for one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven months we just could. on this anthology we could do that if we're pushed and the anthology is called vampires never get old tales with fresh bite it's got v schwab judy murphy rebecca roanhouse uh, donnell clayton Teresa grattan and many more and i'll give you the blur from the back because i am if you're not watching i am busy flinging it around the, the room <laughs> In this delicious new collection, you'll find 11 fresh vampire stories from young adult fiction's leading voices. Enter the House of Black Sapphires by Donnell Clayton and discover the secret world of vampires and magic behind the doors of New Orleans. Meet the boys from Blood River by Rebecca Rawnhouse and their enticing power and terrible sacrifices. And in V. Schwab's first kill, witness the centuries old struggle between vampire and slayer and the thrill of forbidden love. Which is on Netflix as well, if you want to watch it. Vampires lurking on social media. Vampires hungry for more than just blood. Vampires coming out and going out for their first kill. This collection puts a new spin on the age-old classic. Personally, we've talked about this anthology a couple of times. We have. 
and they are ripe for the live picking. Yes, I feel like we should just say spoiler alert. We are going to do a live episode in the summer at some point, probably using one of those stories. So just get ready for it. Just go read the entire collection so you'll be prepared. Yes. What have you got? I am going to suggest one that I found on Book Riot. It's called The Coldest Touch by Isabel Sterling. And it follows Elise Beaumont, who is cursed with the gift that with every touch, she can find out how those she loves will die. After her brother's passing, all she wants to do is get rid of this gift. Then, oh look, there's Claire. A vampire on assignment by the Vale to help Elise master her powers, known as Death Oracle. Elise finds herself not so sure about working with Claire until she predicts the gruesome upcoming murder of a teacher. They also realize there's another paranormal killer in town and they must stop them at all costs. At the same time, they begin to harbor serious romantic feelings for each other that could destroy the mission's intent. Ooh. Yeah. So I found that one on a book riot list. And while I was looking for that list, I found three, three vampire lists. So I found that one. It was best new YA vampire books. And I found one called scariest vampire books. And I found one called queer vampire books. So we are sorted. Oh my gosh. Yes. We are sorted. We have an anthology. We anthology we have lists oh so so many good vampire books and that's a good thing about this you know vampires being our thing because there's always going to be a vampire story to read because you know what vampires never get old all vampires all vampires all the time do we have a new entity spotlight this week yes we do and this one's very 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 new like it it's not even out yet it's not gonna come out yet like until 2024 so we've got a while wow wow this is serious advanced yeah yeah. so we've got a while for this one but it's called where shadows reign it's by patrice caldwell and it comes out like i said september 2024 It's set in the aftermath of a war between vampires, humans, and the gods that created them. And also, it's a duology. So, this book opens, and it follows a vampire princess who teams up with a seer who only has visions of death to journey to the island of the dead, a mythical place where all souls go at their end to save their kidnapped best friend. (gasps) So, it sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, but like we that. won't know for a year and a half. We've However, got, got time to think about it. If you want to hit us up with an arc. I mean, yeah, we'll gladly, we'll gladly accept an <laughs> advanced reader copy of that one. Send it our way. <laughs> Fictionalhangover at gmail.com. Well, thank, you. thank you. Shy bands getting out. <laughs> okay. Successively Uh Yeah. So that's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. 
Join us next time as we discuss White Hot Kiss by Jennifer L. Armentrout. We're starting a new month. Angels and demons. Good choice for this month. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for her music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.